0: This is Jamie Dyer welcoming you to another edition of The QuoCast. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode of the podcast, you can. You can email quocast at outlook.com. That's quocast at outlook.com. You can tweet at The QuoCast on Twitter or go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The QuoCast. Thank you both for um joining me on the podcast today johan and anola you're in the band big fat mama which is a swedish quo tribute band you're coming to the uh quo convention in minehead in september 2022 we'll talk about that in just a moment but tell me each of your stories about how you got into status quo how you discovered the band
1: well My story is, I see Ola smiling a bit. (laughs) Well, my dad, his name is Oli and he, um, he's the, also the harmonica player in the band. So he's our, our own Bob Young. He held the Swedish status quo fan club from the seventies up to the late nineties, I think. And, um, through that, he also became friends with the band, and first and foremost, uh, John Coughlan and Alan Lancaster. So, I think the first time I met Alan Lancaster, I was three years old. So he was at dinner at my place. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess I got it by by blood. It's always been around.
2: And uh, my my story is uh, because of you one <laughs> is. Uh... Uh, he's the big influence uh, to me to just uh, appreciate and uh, look up all the uh, early Status Quo. Uh, I I started listening Status Quo and like in teenage some ser- some songs just. But when we got together in school, in twen- twenty sixteen. We you uh, uh, one had uh, chosen uh, a status quo song and we got in the same uh, group so we we started uh, playing status quo together and we started
1: uh, 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 uh. ordered the band quite like quite directly after yeah. some year after maybe.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. We, yeah. We we we.
1: Yeah. Uh, he, he's the big
2: influence. That's why. And uh, and I guess uh Yuan's big influence is his dad, ulle So that's. Uh, it. It all comes down to yeah. status quo, because of that's why we're so good friends, me and Yuan. <laughs> also.
0: Well, there's nothing quite like bonding over a, a life right. of quo and. Um, we've we've mentioned that you are um, playing at the convention in Minehead, but previously you played at the convention in Glasgow. What was that like?
1: Well, it was amazing. Uh, it was like all the people who want to hear us the most at right. one place,
0: <laughs>
1: all gathered. <Okay. laughs> because I mean, what we do is it's kind of a small niche like we only play songs from between 71 and 76 of this specific band from back in time. So, uh, but it seems like when we played in Glasgow, everyone there knew exactly what they could expect from us. Back home in Sweden, when, when we played a few gigs here and there, I mean, people often know of status quo, but there's only like a handful of diehard fans at every gig. So, yeah, it was quite amazing.
2: Yeah, I I remember uh, uh, Oscar, the the bass player. He forgot some lyrics in one one verse, and he just looked out and he can read the lips. <laughs> and oh now I remember. <laughs> yeah. All of all the uh, people in front uh, just singing along to every song every album uh, track there is that we play also they sing along so and for me as a drummer they they know exactly when it's my turn to do the drum solo in slow train and uh, they, uh, yeah, yeah that was amazing
1: when you when you can see fans singing along in the second verse of drifting away you know we got some hard- hardcore fans to deal with <laughs> right right That's nothing you get at your local pub here in Sweden.
0: And what a feeling that must be. And to mention Drifting Away and Slow Train, um, a few years ago you played the entirety of the Quo album, um, which was introduced in recording by Alan Lancaster. Um, That must have been some feeling, especially as you met him when you were so young and... You know coming up and to have a member of quo kind of introduce his album yeah. um because quo is is kind of his album that's the one where he like he sings on pretty much most of the tracks how did that feel
1: well that it was quite amazing i think it started with like i ha- I had my birth with me and we spoke about like that we were going to do the Quo album. And he said also that it it was his favorite album. And I think it's all of us in the band. That's our top Quo album. So I think it actually was my dad's idea that he, after I've spoken to Alan, my dad phoned in him and said like, yeah, I've got this idea. Could you do a recording uh, that we can open the gig with? That would be something. So we're all about playing the odd album tracks um that the band themselves never played. So um so it's just a thing for the for the all the nerds out there to have like a, a recording for, of Alan before the gig and play the odd songs. So yeah it was quite an evening.
2: Yeah me and uh Yuan uh do several tribute bands also so this is a a niche that we used in the other ones. We also like the uh, AC-DC tribute. We, d- we did Power Rage all through uh, the Power Age album. And uh, we thought uh, we should do the same with the Quo. So it was a pretty great experience uh, since uh, that's my greatest uh, favorite uh, album. <laughs> and the quote also uh, and the uh, power rage album so <laughs> it's a fun thing to do when you when you have a tribute band and you know people want to play and they have the ability and the uh, uh the guts uh, <laughs> to play it it's not all uh not hits uh every song but it's great albums all through yeah
0: also on the bill at Butlins is Sound of Status, a fellow Swedish uh, tribute band. Um, do you know those guys? Have you had anything to do with them in the past? Have you heard their music?
1: Yeah, I actually, if I remember it right, I think they came to see us the night we played the whole Quo album. They've they they've seen us one time, I remember. And we met at uh, several, like, quote get-togethers. We've never seen them; those guys play, so it will be fun to see uh, what songs they choose and everything. Yeah, they're really great guys.
0: Have you chosen your set list yet? Because I know that a lot of the bands are currently having a chat with the organisers to kind of make sure that there's not too much crossover.
1: Yeah, the set list is, uh, is done. Uh, there will be uh, like all of the songs that we uh, our favorites like Drifting Away and the live album version of 4,500 times but uh, I think it's uh, like the most fun to not spoil everything yet I hope you will enjoy it we sure do
2: there will be uh, two new songs right? You want?
1: Yeah, yeah, we have played, played, played
2: before. Yeah. So it it will be a, uh, an evening to remember, uh, really.
0: Wow. I mean, having played, as you say, in several tribute bands, how do you go from kind of uh, exchanging the styles? Because obviously you need different styles for for different things. I mean, uh, Ola, you're, you're drumming. I've seen people comment about how coglin-like it is. How long did it take you to get to that point?
2: Uh, it's all about uh, the uh, muscles and feeling in the body. I, I, uh, you, can, you can practice technique and you can practice... Uh, uh, the shuffle that he do, but you need to get down into how he looked. <laughs> it sounds uh, quite... Uh, also, not how he looked. Uh, also. It's more like he moves, like the, the moves that, that he... Because it's it's in the moving that you do the arms. That's where the shuffle goes. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's a so physical... Motion, and that's what you hear when you. And what you have to strive for when you try to practice, and just like Phil Rudd in ACDC, when you when I try to do him, you need to get down into his body and see the world <laughs> as he would see it, where Angus jumping, <laughs> and uh, uh, but uh, it's hard to uh really say exactly but of course i i i am I, I practice uh, technique and try to um do it exactly like him but i I also need to study how he physical do the uh do the songs so i i, I look at live clips and I look at just like if you want to Sound like Rick Parfit, you can't just sit down in a sofa and try to. You, <laughs> if you really want to sound like Rick Parfit, you have to stand up and, and be uh,
1: sweaty. <laughs> right? Yeah, we've spoken about this before. Like when trying to copy anyone, like the motion makes the sound. Uh, like for instance, take Jimmy Page, he played with his guitar real low. So if you want to get his kind of like sloppy technique, then put your guitar real low. That'll help. It's the same with Kotlin. Like what, what type of motions did he have when he played the drum? Like that's where you feel the groove. Take, I don't know, like Steve Ray won When he did his shuffle, you could see that his right arm went like this. And, and that's also like a good example because like... In a,
2: in a circle, how... around around.
1: Yeah, how you shape the circle will um, affect uh, how shuffle the groove will be, and it's the same with drums. It's the same with bass. Like try to copy the motion, and you'll like, and you'll lock into the groove eventually. But it's just hours, basically. Just get the, get the, get the, get the all the miles in your back, like of doing it over and over again.
0: Well, I mean. Putting in, you know, um putting in your own energy into it is part of being in a tribute, but you've managed to nail that sort of seventy-one to seventy-six sound. Um was that difficult to achieve, Johan?
1: Well, it's it's what I grew up with. Like that's the that's the go-to thing for me. Uh I've never really been into the status quo that was after the la- live album. Uh, and that's just my favorite era. And I, when I started playing guitar, I copied all those solos, all those riffs. Uh, and I I just have a thing for like 70s rock music. Um, but, it's, but it's the same with Ola, like copying the drumming, like trying to get that sound, like put the hours in, put the hard work in, and always like listen for more details uh, because you're never really done you can always like get closer to something even if you're practicing status quo or whatever you can always put more hours in you're never really done and that's the beautiful thing
2: it's like the ears uh, hear new things every time you uh, listen to Songs. Uh, when I start practicing now in, uh, to go to Butlins, I hear new new feels. Uh, I hear new things, and I hear I hear things differently since you you evolve your ears and your <laughs> and uh, also try to look at m- new other live clips, w- the videos uh, that that uh, there's not so many video clips, uh, but. Try to try to see what what feels he uh, do there, and there's also a always a live feeling when they play it. It's not like the songs always sounds the same, so it's it's fun to look in what he does at that TV show or what he did in Madrid uh, on that uh, tour, or yeah, or what he do on the live Quo album also. So, of course.
0: Normally, at this point in the podcast, I, um, I have put out uh, a call on social media for questions. Unfortunately, of late, I haven't had many, but I've got a couple that I would like to put to you. Um, the first one comes from Simon, and he wants to know uh, whether you will be doing any warm-up gigs in the UK prior to the Butlins weekend, because he can't get to Minehead? Uh,
1: I don't think so, actually. Uh, Me, myself, I am on on tour in Sweden during that period. So I actually, uh, for the gigs in Butlin, I actually have a stand-in for that tour. Uh, So there aren't that much time around Butlins. Uh, I will be on tour and then I will just go straightly to Butlins, do that thing and back home again. But we actually have a gig planned in Stockholm, Sweden in the beginning of December. So that's not in the UK, uh, but it's something.
0: So we'll go on to the next question. Um, Terry would like to know uh, how you felt When you walked into the Hard Rock Cafe in Glasgow and received a massive round of applause the day after the, in his words, brilliant set you had played the night before at the McVention.
1: That was a fun thing. They they were actually clapping and like uh, giving a big celebration for Mia. Mia is my dad's wife. And I brought her on stage uh, the night before. Um to give her a round of applause because she's really the one that got us there to Glasgow and the moment we walked into the pub everyone was like Mia 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 and then after all we got we got the shares as well but yeah, it was a great time we weren't expecting that but it was really great I just remember having a really great time and speaking to everyone about all the nerdy details that you can get into it's it seems like when 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 these type of cool fans get together it's just all love there's really no negativity going on everyone's just there for the music and yeah it's a really great thing
2: yeah yeah, uh, the, yeah i i agree it, uh, it it was a great feeling to be feeling like a rock star for for some some hours there in glasgow uh, on stage and also the day after on the in the bar or when we walked in, in the street there were people were uh, uh there was there was one man in in a car He's, he 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 uh, he stopped the car and put down his window and big fat mama. Yeah. And just grow on. <laughs> and so we were walking around there like, uh, uh Oh, people know us. Wow.
0: <laughs> you must be buzzing for the convention because you know, it's not like it, it won't be like last time, but I guess it's, it's almost like having a second go at it. Isn't it in front of a very similar crowd?
1: Yeah, and I think it's even more people this time, like even more nerds getting together. (laughs) So I think, I hope there's going to be like a supernova (laughs) of of cool nerdery going off. Uh, Yeah, I hope uh, it's going to be great we're looking forward to it.
0: Now we've reached the part of the podcast, which is fairly new. I think you're the third guests, well, the third and the fourth guests, really, to um, to take part in this. It's called Milestones. Basically, what I do here is I give you the name of a Quo album that's celebrating an anniversary this year. You tell me what you, you think of it in a couple of sentences, and uh, we just kind of go from there, really. So we'll start. What do you think of Pile Driver, which of course is celebrating its fiftieth anniversary, and and is part of your repertoire, obviously, because that's between seventy-one and seventy-six.
2: Well, I'm thinking about uh, Big Fat Mama is on that uh, album, right? Yeah. When you say Pile Driver, I see the uh, the cover, of course, and there is a. I have a a really great. Feeling to put that special album on on my vinyl record player because it's a it's a, <laughs> a lot of uh, uh, what is it cracks on the <laughs> on the on the on the record but 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 uh, you always, you always have the feeling of the the great songs that that is on there uh, I I I love it What do you say, Yohan?
1: I like Big Fat Mama, of course. I think that's my favorite song on there, Uh, that I like some of the mellow songs, like A Year, Uh, a really great one. Yeah, cool album. They're starting to find the Frantic Force sound for real on that album. It's one, yeah, great one.
0: Yeah, I think with Dog of Two Head, the previous album, it was very much experimentation, and it's a little bit heavier than Mark Ellie's, um, but not quite as polished, perhaps, as the one afterwards. The songwriting is definitely there with Piledriver. You've already mentioned the live album. Um, what do you think is like the standout moment on that album, or is it all of it? Is it from beginning to end?
1: Well, my favorite moment is the seconds before they start playing when the guy introduces the band and you hear, oh. I think you hear John Coughlan playing like uh, he plays in his cowbell and the cymbal and then you hear Rick <laughs> playing just a chord. Ding. Brink. Oh. That's, that's my favorite moment because it's it's just it's uh, like the seconds before it's uh, like starting to blow explode completely so yeah I think that's my favorite
2: uh, uh, that that's a great moment actually but uh, but, but the first thing I, uh, I I do remember is the seconds of the shuffle going into oh it's going into a shuffle in 4500 times red uh, and I see the arena of uh, uh Apollo just start jumping <laughs> and and uh, and uh, you can you can hear how how people just get mad or insane uh, of of jumping and and just uh, it's a and also uh, <laughs> it's a fun drum solo on there he he really he really have uh, uh, he really got the audience in his hands with the pa uh, 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 i i i i hope there is going to be a time in 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 butlins uh, for doing just a, a small drum solo also
1: maybe yeah we got time for that in the set no I'll
2: make time
1: <laughs> yeah, i'll make time
0: <laughs> i mean it was lucky really that uh, in 2013 and 14 obviously they got a chance to almost recreate that tour and that album with a few extra tracks going um you know going in the set for the first time um you two were at Hammersmith in 13 and 14 i'm led to believe what was it like
1: yeah i was there with my dad and the Mia that I told you about before. Uh, and I think my sister was there uh, the second year. Um, well, it was quite amazing because when I grew up, my dad was always like, I hope you get to experience the Real Frantic Four like just one time before like they all go. And then I remember when uh, when they announced it, like, they would get together and do a tour. So I think in 2013, we saw them two nights at Hammersmith. And the next time around, we saw them two times again. So, yeah, I've seen The Real Frantic for four times. <laughs> yeah, but it was real fun. Um, it, it felt like also one of those moments when, like, the the real fans and the nerds got together. Yeah. And I remember, like, all the fans going there like they've come of age, like they were teenagers when they saw them the first time. And they were going there like limping. <laughs> but when they got into arena, they just jumped for two hours straight. And then they just limped back home. Uh, it was quite beautiful.
0: So how do you feel, Ola, and and having missed that?
2: Oh uh, well, yeah. Uh that's uh that was before my real quo era in my life uh, uh since I told you before we we met in two thousand sixteen and uh, but i feel i uh, I guess the 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 real energy is recorded on 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 live takes but but i we re- i really wish that I would have been there. Of course, of course. Now since Alan is, there there won't be another time, so yes, of course, that that's a shame.
0: So you are at the Butlins Convention. Uh how did how did that come about? Um, you know, were you contacted? Did you contact somebody? How did that come to, to be?
1: Uh I think. It was Yvonne who got in touch with us, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think it the thing that uh, made her think about us is that she saw us uh, in Glasgow at the Mac Convention. Uh, So I think I got in touch with her uh, in touch with us some years ago saying, like, we would like to play um, uh, Bucklin's, so just like please consider us, but uh, n- n- not any plans were made, but I really think that Glasgow was the thing that just made her think like, oh yeah, we've got to get these guys. So it's really an honor to be booked and to also be the band that plays before Coglan before he puts his drumsticks down. So it's quite an honor.
2: Yeah, for me, it's a, it's a bucket list. Uh, I think... Uh... In a way, we started this band to play for the real nerd <laughs> nerds <laughs> that really appreciate the album tracks and uh, not just play in Stockholm. So that was, first we got to Glasgow, that was great, that was great. And now we have the opportunity to go to Butlins and that feels amazing. And uh,
1: uh, I really looking forward to that it's like when when we started this band yeah like it's always been a thing we, we got to do it for fun and we're not gonna overplay it we, we're gonna do it two or three times a year or something and like do a proper evening uh at a nice location and do our best to like bring all the fans there so playing Butlins is like the optimal gig for this project (laughs) it's really the biggest get together for Quo fans so it's it's the gig that we should play in a way (laughs) if we're only about to do this a couple of times per year then Butlins is the place to be so I'm glad we're going to get there
0: well, I look forward to seeing you and I'm sure many others who either saw you at Glasgow have seen your videos on YouTube, which are excellent, or even just heard about any of these things will be very much looking forward to, to seeing you. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. For thank having you. Me.